Good afternoon, everybody. It's good to be back. This will be, or this episode, will be a continuation of my previous story, The Sin Hunter. Um, Hopefully, this episode will cover everything more that we have to discuss. There might be a part three, just letting you know. And maybe it'll answer some of your questions on some topics. Uh, But with that said, let's jump back into this story. The acid rain had slowed to a crawl when Jack left the tall, horned building. With him, he now had a pistol with only a few bullets, and a bulletproof vest, and a fireproof trench coat he had grabbed from a closet nearby. He waved goodbye to the few imps who wished him good luck, and then turned and set off into the deep city. Man, they were such nice people. I'm definitely taking a job there later. Jack continued walking. But after turning a corner only a few blocks away, he saw something that wasn't quite right. In the eerie glow of a dark-lit alley, there was an angel exorcist, its wings clipped and tattered with holes, and in each hand, there was a gun. Jack took a step back around the corner, considering his options. He could try to attack it, but one way or another, he thought, he was going to have to fight it. And so, after some careful planning and consideration, Jack lunged forward, wrapping his arm around the exorcist's neck and completely emptying his ammunition into the being's skull. White gold blood pooled in the dark alleyway behind the exorcist's head, and Jack stood up, grinning for some strange reason. He snatched up the two guns on the ground and looked them all over with wide and curious eyes. These were angel-like weapons, all right. Etched white flames and red hell symbols were carved into the ornate barrel and handle, and Jack smiled, seeing his reflection in them. Well, you know what they say. Jack stuck a gun in one holster and walked with the other in his right hand. If you can't beat him, you might as well join him. Jack looked up into the star-covered sky and saw a clock tower looming above the rest of the crooked and misshapen buildings. On its front, it read, 364 days until the cleanse. Jack nodded, taking note of this. Cleanse, huh? Well, I guess that just happened. Maybe that's why that angel was still hanging around. It just happened. Jack kept walking, and his pace quickened rapidly. There were eyes on him. Too many eyes. People and demons were coming out of their homes to see the first person on the road, and he had exorcist weapons. A few stepped back indoors cautiously. But most just continued with their business. It wasn't uncommon to be a dead sinner and own an angel's weapon in hell. Jack hurried past a security camera, and right under the eyes of Lucifer, who was sitting proud and mighty on his throne, overlooking the city from all angles. Save only for the clock tower, Lucifer's manor was the tallest building in all of hell. The skylights he had placed lined the top of his manor, so he had eyes on everyone, everywhere, and at every time. He sighed, sipping from some form of tea, when a servant scurried frantically towards him before bowing. My lord, I bring news about that anomaly you saw. Lucifer stopped, setting down his cup, and swiveled around. Well, give me the files and be done with it. I am not made of time, my friend. Of course, lord. Right away, lord. 
The small servant handed the security footage to Lucifer, featuring Jack exiting the wrath ring and tucking his hat down to cloak himself. Lucifer's eyebrows raised as he sat in silence. You were rarely ever in a quiet spot in hell, as everyone was always doing something or another. Hmm. How fascinating. And yet... Lucifer looked over everything from the footage. Jack had clearly been seen exiting the wrath ring. But how? Lucifer rested his head on his hands and squinted darkly. Dead sinners can't exist outside the pride ring. How, then, has the sinner entered from another plane? For, surely, if he can exit other rings, then the same can be said that he should enter them as well. Lucifer pushed out of his seat and grabbed his scepter. He stormed down the spindly, dimly lit steps of his manor's tower and into the warming room, where his wife sat. Lilith had been in concern for her husband, so when he returned from his study, she stood up, determined to get answers. What's wrong, darling? Lucifer sighed and stopped to chat. I've just discovered a dead sinner who has broken through our borders. He can now flee to the other rings, and this cannot get out to the public. Lucifer continued out the door and climbed into his limousine. And for goodness sake, tell that daughter of mine to stop procrastinating so much. She has a job and a life, you know. The limousine pulled away, and Lilith was left alone in the manor, as she normally was. Since her daughter, Charlie, and her husband were always off on business, she was always alone, save only for the servants. She sighed and walked back into the house, fingering her gold ring. But as soon as she closed the door and stepped into the hall, she was met with a shadowy figure holding an exorcist gun in one hand. Lilith put a hand to her mouth and reached for an alarm system, but the figure spoke in a cool, collected voice. It's all right. You see this? The figure held up his gun. This isn't meant for you. Don't pull that alarm, please. Lilith lowered her arm and then started to approach the figure. You're that sinner, the one who can exit rings, aren't you? Jack pulled away from the wall, showing only his amethyst eyes and grinning mouth. I can neither confirm nor deny that claim. No, I won't hurt you at all. But I do wish to know something. Lilith, intrigued by this development, relax a little more. What is it that you seek? Jack motioned for the phone. Lucifer said that he had a daughter. Is that true? Lilith winced, but Jack put up his gloved hands in caution. Hey, relax. Relax. I'm not going to hold her hostage. That's only if it comes to that. Jack stood up from his position on the wall and started out the door. I'll keep in touch, but don't tell the husband about this meeting, all right? Jack looked deep into Lilith's eyes, not blinking and daring her to move. Y yes, of course, Lilith agreed. Good. Jack nodded and shook hands with a demoness. I'll see you around. Sorry I can't stay. Have some business to take care of. Jack dusted his gloves off a few minutes later and then turned a corner right into a girl cornered by two brutes. She had her arms full of books and a clipboard, and her glasses kept sliding off her face. Please, I don't have anything for you. It's all right, Dr. Cynthia. We're only here for that research. The two men advanced, grabbing a journal from the pile. So fork it over! Dr. Cynthia fought back for the book, but was shoved into a puddle. The two men laughed until Jack walked forward. Pardon me, gentlemen, but those files don't look like they belong to you. Two men turned around and laughed upon seeing Jack, much smaller. Yeah? And what's a widow Rochi gonna do, huh? Jack stuck the barrel of his exorcist gun out of his coat. This, actually. Both, the men both laughed until a bang resounded throughout the alley. 
The man holding the journal fell to the ground, an exorcist mark where he had been shot in the skull. The other one, clearly enraged, charged forward, a knife in one hand. But Jack jumped through the air, choking the bruiser in his trench coat. This thing's steel lined, so I'd recommend not fighting back. The man continued to strain and grope around for Jack, but finally, this Jack sighed, pulling out his grappling hook and rope, and he swung down over the other end of a lamppost. The man fell across, grabbing and reaching for the ground. Jack looked over to the doctor, who was watching the whole time, and then he jumped and yanked down on the rope. The man fell across with a crack, and thunder from the aftermath of the storm rumbled as Jack hit the ground. He walked over, picked up the journal, and then helped the astounded doctor to her feet. I believe this belongs to you, Dr. Cynthia. Jack handed the journal over, and then started away. The doctor stared in disbelief and awe at what had just happened. A sinner. Someone who did terrible things in life saved her and her research towards the people's best interests. She was shocked and instantly started posting and pointing out everything that just happened. Wait, she called. Jack turned around at the last second. Yeah? Dr. Cynthia raced forward and asked the big question. What's your name? I'm recording this for the news. Jack was faced with a critical choice that would affect his whole life from here forever to come. But finally, after some thought, he knew what his name was. No more Jack Masterson. He leaned toward the recorder and said in his best assassin voice, I'm the Sin Hunter, and I'm here to stay. Jack took off, leaving everyone to think about what he had just said. Jack holed himself up in a building right across from IMP headquarters and started preparing a small but temporary living space. He nabbed himself the biggest president's suite he could find that was mostly intact, and he started dusting everything off, moving furniture around, and once he slumped all the stuff down, he took off his coat, but never again his hat, and started searching for a power generator. He could build the thing himself, and if he was lucky, there would already be a pre-built but run-down one. Thankfully, after exploring the somewhat drafty and menacing basement, he found a generator, still in one piece, but missing the proper fuel source. Jack inspected the plug-in for the source, and it found that it required some kind of battery. Jack searched around the area, and found another generator, scrapped and far beyond repair, but this one had a battery. So, Jack did the sensible thing, and hooked the battery up to the intact generator. Lights snapped on in the suite, and when Jack emerged from it, the gloom of the basement and it... everything were gone. He emerged into his president's suite, and he found the lights on, running water, and everything else you could ever want. Jack smiled, finally having power, and he started laying everything out for his sleeping quarters. Jack was right in the middle of laying out a sleeping bag on the couch when he looked out a shattered window and saw a billboard flicker with Lucifer's face. Attention all! This is your ruler, Lucifer Morningstar, speaking. Every, everyone everywhere far below started pulling out phones and watching to see the news. For some time now, I have been monitoring this individual among you. The screen changed to see the security footage of Jack entering the borders of the city. Jack's eyes widened, and he instantly ducked, switching off the lights in his apartment and getting down. His heart pounded as Lucifer continued. Furthermore, whoever shall capture and bring him to me shall receive $10,000 from myself and from each of my associates. Lucifer moved aside to reveal four strange people. Jack poked his head up to see them. There was a TV-headed figure with a black and red striped suit and a crazed look on his face. A deer-like menacing figure with a red striped suit, and this figure seemed to stare at everyone always. 
The other two, Jack hardly recognized. Lucifer clapped his hands together. So, enjoy your days, love my friends, and you might just be spared from the chaos and bloodshed this year. The screen flickered off again, and people everywhere began pulling out weapons of all kinds. Jack grabbed his pistols and jacket and tucked them away in a nearby area where no one would ever look. Meanwhile, Lucifer turned to his associates. Ban out, find, and kill him. He's somewhere in the city. He must be. And if he tries to retreat, I'll put in the proper security for such a time. The deer figure slipped into the darkness, leaving only his creepy, floating smile, symbols, and static in the air. The others continued down the steps and into their suited positions in homes. Lucifer put his hands together in glee. He hadn't seen such action in a very, very long time. And he was going to enjoy this hunt, whether others cared or not. Well, that's part two of hopefully three in the future. I hope that you all enjoyed that. Uh, Of course, I mean... (laughs) Come on, you know I couldn't get away with it. Uh, credit, of course, goes to the original creator of the few characters that I listed here, uh, Vivzy Pop. She's an amazing creator and artist. I strongly recommend you go check out some of her stuff. And, uh, yeah, with that said, see you around. <laughs>